Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton alongside me, as always, my tag team partner and a man who spent his free Sunday last weekend down at the pier watching a man eat a rotisserie chicken, (laughs) Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing as always as we say during this pandemic, this air quote, Saturday morning, sir. Uh, Roy, uh, my apologies for uh, my voice. It's as rough as the Phillies hitting was in games four through six, but all in all, it's a product of a pretty fine Broad Street Line road trip again. So let's so let's do it again. Yeah, the uh, as as you guys know who listened to last week's show, we had a chance to go down to Houston uh, for the Eagles Houston Thursday night football game this past week. Um, thankfully, the Eagles came out victorious with a win over those Houston Texans. Again, we did a little post game recap on last week's show, so we're not going to dig into that game too much on this show, but. I had a chance to go down to Houston, enjoyed uh, the game, enjoyed some some good Houston food, um, enjoyed the weather. Now we are back in Philadelphia, back when uh, to to a place where when we wake up in the morning it's thirty seven degrees, and and it is you know it's, it's cold in Philadelphia, but it is hot for the Philadelphia Eagles because the Eagles are continuing their hot streak, still undefeated. We had a big game to talk about this Monday against the Washington Commanders that we'll talk about. Um, one team that's not hot, another team we had a chance to. Uh, not quite C, but um, we almost saw down in Houston. The Philadelphia Phillies, not hot. They have finally ended their season uh, with a 4-1 to loss in Game 6 to the Houston Astros, losing the World Series. So we'll actually start off talking about that on the show. And, of course, it's basketball season. And according to Joel Embiid, Sixers season be- began this week. So we will start. Up, we will talk about the opener for the Sixers because, according to Joel Embiid, the Sixers are 1-0, and the season didn't really start until the Phillies got done. So, We'll discuss the Phillies, we'll discuss the Sixers, we'll discuss the Eagles, and if we have time at the end, and hopefully we will, we will talk about um, the the latest PLE, Premium Live event, from our friends over at WWE, and a big event coming to Philadelphia for your wrestling fans as well. Some news came out this past week about a huge event coming to Philadelphia in January, so you want to keep it locked on for that. So, a ton of stuff to get to on this edition of the Broad Street Line. As we always say, sit back, relax, take a ride on the Broad Street Line, the future Sports Talk Radio has finally arrived. Any shout-outs, my friend? No, let's just say the usual thank yous. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, supporting us wherever you do so, however you do so, whether you listen to us on the radio, 106.5 FM, WPPM LP, Philadelphia, or wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube Music, Spreaker. Do a search for the Broadstreet Line. Download us your phone, your computer, your iPad, your MP3-enabled device. Take us with you on the go. Listen to us at home. You are a very, very accessible show. Also, you can follow us 24-7, 365 on the Twitter machine. He is at SKD215. I am at the BS line. Again, neither of us made the trip down to watch the man eat the chicken at the pier. So we will not be talking about that on the Twitter machine this weekend. Um, this is a big Twitter weekend again for Eagles fans because there's no Eagles game on Sunday. So seven hours of commercial free football for a lot of folks out there. Um, I'll be tweeting about that. But most importantly this weekend, my disclaimer, my, not disclaimer, my, um, I guess, advice. I mean, I don't know what's advice or whatever. Go see Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It's a big weekend. It's the opening weekend of Wakanda Forever. Even if you're not an MCU fan, it's going to be a huge weekend um, for the movie. So go check it out. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I won't be tweeting about that because I'm not the type of person to give spoilers out. So I'll allow people to watch it for a week. And then I will come with a spoiler. So I'll be tweeting about Black Panther. What are you tweeting about this weekend, my friend? Um... I'm going to be tweeting from 
the comfort of my of my house because I'm not leaving the house. I, I like uh, be, being out for a few days is, is enough for me. I'm gonna take a t- take a respite, and I'm gonna um, I'm just gonna do my usual thing: watch videos of people buying sneakers. I want to watch Stone Cold Steve Austin buy sneakers. I meant to send that video to you. Yeah. Yeah. So no, and um, I don't know. Like I feel with like the Phillies being done and the Eagles being done. I think unfortunately, or or unfortunately, however you spin it, you're gonna have to pivot somewhat to the Sixers. And I'm and I'm not sure if if people really are waiting are are ready to do that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I personally am not. That's why we will talk about the Sixers later. Uh, do, 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 <laughs> no, I feel yeah. like Roy. Is there just some indifference, like I used like what I I haven't felt about the Sixers in years. I, I mean, which is a good thing, is indifference or apathy. And I don't know what 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 it has to do with the Eagles being good. The Phillies are just I don't know. Just Groundhog Day. It feels like for the Sixers. I feel like they're just in this kind of like I don't know. They're good, and, and it's not like they're a seven seed good. They're still like a top four or five team, but. Does does the general populace just I, I don't know like is there no sort of I don't know the Harden thing being out I don't the the rough start is, is this just like a um a storm of just people just saying yeah I'm gonna um I'll pay attention to the Sixers like around Christmas yeah no I think that's the perfect word I think it's just a perfect storm of things kind of coming together like if you if you said two months ago because usually. By the time the calendar turns to Labor Day, it's like, all right, you know, and the Eagles are starting and we're excited about the Eagles, but we know that, you know, a Sixers team is you know, usually on the horizon is going to be pretty good. But if I told you on Labor Day, if I told you Labor Day, which team is going to be in a better position two months from now? The Phillies, or I, I'll, I'll say, rank these teams in terms of watchability two months from now. The Phillies, the Sixers, and the Eagles, right? You'd be like, all right, the Phillies, you know, that's when they were kind of like in a little, are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it in the playoffs? We don't know, you know, whatever, whatever. And then the Eagles are like, they'll be better than last year, but, you know, will they be great or whatever? And, but you would think that this Sixers team, again, given that, given the additions from the offseason, you know, given, you know, all the talk they talk, you know, you know, everything's coming together now. We got, a, you know, a tougher team, blah, blah, blah. By the time November rolls around, you know, maybe they figure everything out. Maybe they're in good position. And, again, the Phillies surprise everybody with their run. The Eagles clearly surprise everybody with their run. And the Sixers are almost, you know, you know, almost the afterthought now. So it's like now we have to kind of get re-engaged. With yeah, the no, I, I, I mean, Roy, when is the last time the Sixers have been third place in mm-hmm. your kind of like I don't know in your uh, sport in your Philly sports queue? It's been a while, and I while. think, but I think that's why, like, I don't know, you can't for for franchises just can't like I I don't know like I, I understand that they made moves, but I feel like I don't know just those moves I said were very reactionary and it's just feels like a very, just like, I don't know, plotting team. And like, I don't know, maybe they get it together, but I don't know. Early returns is I just, there's no juice to this team right now. And who knows if they get it. And I'll be honest, I won't be paying attention for a couple of weeks. Cause like, I, I'm just not there yet. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll get there now because again, since the Eagles only play once a week, it's a little bit easier to slide into this, the Sixers thing, but we got to talk some Phillies first. The Phillies, again, lost in game six of the World Series to the Astros. They lost four to one, uh, thanks primarily to the 450-foot three-run bomb by Jordan Alvarez in the sixth inning of game six. They gave the Astros the victory. It was the first World Series title for Dusty Baker. So congrats to Dusty Baker, baseball lifer, one of the all-timers. I'm not a guy who says, you know, so-and-so deserves a title and all that other stuff like that. But if anybody in baseball who didn't have a title quote-unquote, should get a title, should have a title. Dusty Baker was at the top of the list for me. Um, so so on that level, in that in that aspect, I am happy for Dusty Baker and the fact that he got a title um, given all the years that he put in um, as a baseball lifer. Um, shout out to, to Mattress Mac, who I found out he actually put $10 million worth of combined bets down to win his $75 million. So That's impressive, Mac, man. Yeah. So Mattress Mac, the the owner of Galleria Furniture down in Houston um, cl- cleaned up um, with his $75 million worth of World Series-related winnings on the Astros win. So kudos to him um, and, and kudos to the Astros for, for winning the title. Again, there's the second title for the Astros, the first title for the Astros since the whole banging on trash can debacle 
back in 2017. So this seems like the first legit title for the Astros. People were saying dynasty. I'm like, I don't know how you call that a dynasy, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, but kudos to the Astros for, for winning a title. Um, but now a lot of questions unanswered for the Philadelphia Phillies. We have a lot of money they need to spend. Well, we need to spend a lot of money to fill out their roster, I, I should say. Uh, the Phillies have $131 million committed already for next season. But that's for exactly six guys. So they got to fill out the rest of their roster with, with uh, a lot of the guys, fortunately, are young. So guys like Bohm and Marsh and Nick Maytown and those, all those guys, those are arbitration guys. So you can sign Nick Bohm for like a dollar and a half. But you got a guy like Reese Hoskins. He's a pre-arbitration guy, excuse me. So you got a guy like Reese Hoskins who needs to get paid. Ranger Suarez, who was your third starter in the playoffs, he needs to get paid. Um, Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, they got to get paid. But there's also other holes in the team that you got to fill out. You got to fill out some holes. Ideally, you find yourself a real leadoff hitter and not a guy who hits 210 with 46 <laughs> home runs. Um, and so the Phillies have been heavily linked this week to Dodgers shortstop Trey Turner, who would be the perfect leadoff hitter for this team. The 29 year old shortstop hit 298, 21 home runs, 100 RBI. Oh, you mean he hit over 250? Hit That's over amazing. 250, you know, hit, I don't do OPS. I'm too young for OPS. I'm too young for all this other stuff. I don't do slash lines. I do batting average. I do home runs. I do RBI. And this dude for a shortstop <laughs> is excellent. So Trey Turner, there's a bunch of really good shortstops out there. But according to the tea leaves, Trey Turner wants to be a part of the Philadelphia Phillies organization. I don't know what the money looks like. I know the Phillies have it. They spent about 230 last year in player salary. So if they want to spend it, they can get it. So they can bring it. They can afford a guy like Trey Turner, especially – since their $17 million option on Gene Segura, they declined that. And they also declined the $15 million option on Zach Eflin. So you got some money. Um, you got clear spots you got to fill. So Trey Turner feels like by the end of, I don't know when this really gets underway, but this week starts free agency. So maybe by the end of a, this week or next week, it feels like Trey Turner is going to be a Philly. And, and that's a good solid piece going on for next, for next season. So hopefully we have that. No, I, I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel we're talking hot stuff baseball, but like I, I mean, like no, I feel like this is, I mean, like, and I, uh, I think the Phillies management or ownership might feel compelled now that this is what happens when you spend over the luxury tax threshold, right. and like I don't know, they're not, they're they're only a because um, I used to do research on this, like they actually, uh, this is their first time going over the luxury tax. So they're not a multiple-time offender. So I think it's like 10% of 230, which is nothing. So, I, I mean, like, you get Trey Turner and probably get another uh, another starter because you definitely need one of those. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Turner is probably the, the best, like, the best, I, I don't know, the premier option because he's still under 30. Friends with, like, I don't know, was ex-teammates with Bryce Harper. So I, I and like I don't know like I think someone said it or I don't know I think it might have been far said it to say it'd be nice to get a guy on base with all this power with Harper and like I don't know maybe a Cassiano ever like I don't know hits and like JT and Reese like oh I, I like I'm not one to say like I don't know the Phillies are going to be in the, like I, I don't think it, it's it's crazy to say that they'll be in the mix I don't think they're like I don't know the best team in the National League still but I, I mean like. But this is all you wanted. You wanted to be a player. Like, I don't know, be one of the four or five teams in the National League that have a, a like a puncher's chance to get to the World Series, and I think they are. Yeah. Especially and, and, if they get Trey Turner. And you, you should be if you're going to spend that kind of money. You spend, two, you know, 230, 240. Um, you should be up there with the Dodgers, with the Braves, with the Mets, those teams um, that, that won 100 games this year. Trey Turner, of course, again, is the, is the big name, but, you know, there's another name, Carlos Rodon, if they want a pitcher. Left-handed pitcher, 14-8, 288 ERA for the Giants. He's probably on the Phillies radar as well. Um, but there's bigger names out there. Obviously, Aaron Judge is out there. Obviously, Jacob DeGrom's out there. Jacob, um, Justin Verlander, who just turned 40, is out there as well. But they're all going to command super crazy money. So I don't think the Phillies are going to do that. But a couple $20, 25000000 million guys to round up the roster and then, you know, re-sign your young guys. I think this is going to be a pretty decent, um, you know, base for next year, next few years, I should say. Um, Bryce Harper is going to have his elbow examined on Monday. Um, I'm not sure. I, I assume he's going to have surgery at some point, and then I assume that he's going to be ready for the season, and I assume he's not going to be the DH again when he plays next year, but it's a whole lot of assumptions uh, when it comes no, to No, I still Harper. feel like, I don't know, with, with the season that Harper had, you forget that, like, couldn't throw. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, couldn't throw. Yeah, he had he had a UCL of uh, um unal collateral ligament issue um last year. Sat out for a while, couldn't throw, had to was relegated to only playing DH. Um hopefully you know, obviously surgery would fix that. But again, if he's out for a few months, you know, can he make it back by because again, this is a short season now. This is a short short turnaround now because training well, training camp. Uh, spring training is four months away. Um so is he gonna be ready by spring training? If he's ready by spring training or if he's ready by the season, you know can he bat? Can he throw? Can he do everything he used to do? Can he play the outfield again? Or is he a DH again? Which gives you a little bit less flexibility, you know, in terms of building your lineup. So, um, so Monday will, will answer a lot of questions when it comes to, to Bryce Harper, but we actually have some baseball to talk about. We actually will talk a little bit more baseball. On yes. The show. No, Roy. I actually, I actually went on MLB.com a couple hours wow. ago. Wow. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like trying to, because like, I, I, I mean, like not gonna, like, I don't know, be a poser. I, I mean, I was not fully, fully engaged with this World Series run, but I feel that, like, I don't know, it's it piqued my interest now. Like, I don't know, like, it's not the same baseball that I grew up with or even 10 years ago. But I'm going to, because, I, I mean, it helps when the team is good. So I'm going to try to, like, I don't know, like, follow, like, I don't know, like, all, all the young players, like the Andrew Painters and the Mick mm. Abels and, mm. like, I don't know, Cornelius Randolph. No, sorry. Uh, no, but, no, no I, I feel that, like, I don't know, this, like, and there, there's going to be buzz around this team, which helps. Yeah, I was just thinking, it was like, because last, you know, last time the Phillies had a run, you know, that the CBP was kind of banged out for a couple of years. And I think, again, like, once, we, once the calendar turns to 2023, I think that building's going to be pretty full, at least April, May, June. Um, you know, people like winners. So if the, the team kind of makes a couple additions this offseason, get out to a good start next year, I think, you know, we're going to have a pretty full park next year, which, again, is exciting. Well, opening oh, by, by 2023, opening day, will Philly, will the Phillies still be in second place in, in, in the Philly power rankings? Ooh. That's a very good question. I will say yes. Okay. So that okay. means that, like, I don't know if I'm using logic, if I'm using logic, I'll say yes. Okay. If I'm using logic, that means that the Sixers have either stayed neutral or, or, or under exceeded expectation. I think it might be the other team that might under exceed expect their, their new expectations. Who, the Eagles? Yeah. I think it might be the other wow. team. Wow. I think it might be the other team. If the, if the like let's say if the if the Eagles all right well let's all right well let's let's do play this thought experiment we have time if the Eagles <laughs> lose the NFC title game to Minnesota okay just theoretically they lose mm-hmm. the, and the game's probably here let's say they lose the game here two minutes well that's Kirk Cousins that's not gonna happen all right never mind to Dallas <laughs> I, I can't trust Kirk okay I gotta, I gotta give you a real example I got a real possibility here if the Eagles lose the NFC title game at home to Dallas. Does that no? You can't say that because people will be people will be like I don't know, like figuratively jumping off the bridge if that happens. Like I don't know, like you can't. No, say they lose to Jimmy G, the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship. All right, that's fine. Because because I feel like like I I don't know, like I I feel like San Francisco is one of those like I don't know. Whenever you pop on a sports show, one of any substance, they're gonna say, "Yo, what? What? Who? Who else is a threat to the Eagles in the NFC?" And I think. The three teams at this point are the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. And I, I don't know. I feel that in order, I would try, like, the, in terms of for, for mid, for mid, formidability, I don't know, whatever whatever that word is. Yeah, formidability. I would say Cowboys, 49ers, Vikings. I think you'd agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, and, but, like, so let's say – that uh, the 49ers come in and just, I don't know. Like, like I don't think it would be a massive, I don't think it'd be a massive upset. I, I mean, like, they're, play, they're playoff tested. I still feel like, I don't know, like, even though it feels like they've pushed their chips to the table, this team's already exceeded expectations for the year. Like, I don't know, like, unless it's like Jalen Hurts goes 0 for 80. And, like, I don't know, like, you just, like, because I feel that, like, it would need to, it, something, that would affect the long-term viability of the Eagles would need to happen for them not to be, for not to stay number one, in, even in the event of balls. Hmm. Okay. All right. I can, all right. I'll see that. I would, my, my thought was just that by, by April, I would just think that some of that, some of that buzz would have kind of died down a little bit. Like if they get popped by, 
San Fran in, in the NFC title game. You're like, like you're disappointed, and like it kind of knocks you down a little bit. And then that plus the fact that you just haven't seen them a little bit kind of tempers your excitement. That was my that was my thought. Yeah, so I see. I, but I see are the uh, but I guess in terms of the Sixers, are they like I don't know are are what's the best case scenario for them? Are they can they can't be number one, right? The, I can't imagine. Well, okay, bar, <laughs> barring some unforeseen something or other, I can't imagine a miracle. Yeah, I can't An imagine. act of God. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Like they'd have to be. They'd have to be clicking on literally every cylinder. Like in, in and they need to acquire guys because I feel like I don't know. Like, <laughs> can I can't imagine this this band of brothers would make a deep playoff run. Like I don't know. I just don't. I don't see that. Well, all right. Let's let's hold off on the Sixers a little bit because I because I will. I can make a case for that. Uh, not a strong case, but I can make a case for them making the playoff run. But I, I, I will, I do want to talk some Eagles because Eagles are coming up, and Eagles again still undefeated as we record the show. <laughs> Excuse me, Eagles 11, 11 point favorites against the Washington Commanders this week. This is the second matchup against the Commanders this year. Of course, in the first matchup, Eagles had a total of nine sacks uh, against the uh, the quarterback who is not with well, not the starting quarterback along any longer for the Commanders. Taylor Heineke is in the building. For Washington, Washington's a plucky little team. They they've won three out of their last four. Their last game was a 20, 20 to seventeen loss to Minnesota. What do you see this? How do you see this game shaking out on on Monday? I don't see, I don't see the Eagles slipping, especially in the events of like I don't know, just the weekly disaster that is the Washington franchise. Um, it's got to be hard every week to kind of carp like carp compartmentalize like if you're a commander's player you just have just noise every day in that complex and you're going against a division rival who's undefeated i just don't see it like i don't know like they had a good chance to like i don't know close that game out against minnesota heineke throws a pick i don't know i like i like usually i'm on the side and it's a division game right and i'm always on the side of like there's a if, if there's a if there's a big line like that, I'm not I'm not taking like I'm taking the points and like and running. But I don't see like I just I don't know Monday night in Philly I I just see like I don't know that crowd being like I don't know like them making another statement because I feel like I don't know like every week I feel like it's like yo. Like, can, are the Eagles going to slip? I don't feel like, I don't know. I, I feel that with the extra rest, I think they'll be a little more, I think they'll have a little more pepper stuff than they did last Thursday. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31-17. Yeah, that, that 11 point number sounds about right. Like you said, it's a really big for a division game, but it's gonna, it's a really hard spot for the commanders. And coming in, Eagles, 10 full days of rest. Since that Thursday game against the Texans, Eagles have allowed 17 points or less in seven consecutive games, the longest active streak in the NFL, and the longest streak doing that since 2001. Eagles also ranked second in the league in defensive points allowed at 15.8. It's a point behind Buffalo, and that's their fewest points allowed through eight games since 2002. So, again, these are historical numbers or historic numbers put up by the Eagles. So, again, I will offer my Apologies, my mea culpas. May I'm smart. I'm sorry to Jonathan Gannon for ripping that man because I knew I was certain that after that Detroit game, we're gonna run that man out of town. And Jonathan Gannon said, Hey man, just give me the tools. I had the tools last year. Give me the tools. I wanna make things happen. And kudos to him. Kudos to a guy like Chauncey Gardner Johnson with five interceptions, four in a row. Kudos to a guy like Javon Hargrave, who I ran out of town seven times. He's got two, two double-digit sack games in a row. He's got six sacks on the year. I think he's third, third among D tackles and in, in sacks. Um, so I feel that like he, he going. I, I Roy, I feel he might be the best Eagles, uh, like like front seven player. Ooh, uh, yeah, that's pretty right. Yeah, you're right. I don't think there's yeah. You know, I don't even think it's that close. I mean, B, BG's been good, but yeah, I just bad. don't like. Am I wrong in saying I don't see enough splash consistently from Hassan Reddick? No, you're not wrong. Well, 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 let's say this: how many, how much splash do you see out of those front seven guys? Other than, other obviously, other than Javon Hargrave. So then, like, 
why is it every time I watch anything or or don't social media, they're just talking about this this vaunted Eagles front front four. Like I just don't like 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 I feel that like I don't know this secondary is really like for the second straight year. I feel that the secondary is covering big time for this front seven. I I, I don't know and and maybe like I think for me. I need to see Robert Quinn do something. <laughs> yeah, Robert I, I mean, I, yeah. no, I feel that like I don't know. I, I know he, I, I know he's long in the tooth, but you brought him here to be a difference maker, and he's barely been on the field. And people are saying, "Oh, he's learning how to like he's learning a new de- defense." Come on, he's thirty-two years old. I, I mean, he's seen average defense on the planet. I, I mean, what's his role? Put Rush, put your hand in the ground. Yeah, yeah. Put your hand in the ground. Use one of the eighty techniques that you have to get past the offensive line and, and get the quarterback. What like what defense is there to learn? Yeah, I'm I'm sure they're not having Robert Quinn rush drop back into coverage like most of the time. Like when Robert Quinn's getting whatever however many snaps he's gonna get, it's like, hey man, you go after the dude with the ball, all right, and don't stop until you tackle the dude with the ball. Like that's all they're asking this man to do like, at this point. Robert Quinn with. 10 days between the last game and this, 10 full days between the last game and this game. It wasn't a bye week, so they didn't go home. You had 10 days to practice, 10 days to be in a facility, 10 days to work, 10 days to learn the playbook. If you ain't on the field 25 plays doing something, then something's wrong. Like, I don't know how something. I, I don't know something. how like, no. this much because you've got to do something this week. You have to. I think he played, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to get the number wrong, but I, I saw something crazy, like seven snaps. Seven in, in an entire game. And, I, like, I, I know we, like, I don't know, we, we, we kind of, like, briefly talked about the game, but on your level of concern about the defense, like, I don't know, like, I, I understand they're going to get Jordan Davis back. But, I, I mean, like, I still I still don't see a dude that's getting to the, that's getting to the quarterback when it's, when it's, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, money-making time. Like and even with Robert Quinn, if you had fifty bucks in, in your pocket, like I don't know, and, and you're betting, I'm gonna bet on this guy to make a game-changing play in an, a very important game. Who's it gonna be? If I had to, like on on the front seven. Yes. If I had to, if I have to bet, this sounds sick. <laughs> if I had to bet on any of these dudes, it would be. It would be Hargrave, and it sounds weird to say. Really? No, see, I, I like, you know, be? Brandon Graham? Where's he been the last few weeks? No, I mean, no, no. I know, no, no, but I feel like, I don't know, like, when BG does make a play, it's important. Like, I don't know, Fletch just. But when was the, all right, when was the last time he made an important play is what I'm saying. <sighs> I No, I think there was a play in, ah, crap, I forget what game. No, but it's hard to say because Eagles haven't been in any close games. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm only saying because. You know, because uh, the the Hargrave last couple of games are fresh in my no, mind. no, I no, I no, I I agree. If you're using logic and recent history, right. Javon Hargrave is the biggest, it, like, is the most likely guy to make a play. But has he ever? No. How? <laughs> <laughs> I just like I don't know how you could spend this much money on anything. And not get some sort of like I don't know like if, if you spend five million dollars on a car, <laughs> like isn't this like the best car? Like you know that you're gonna get any this car can get you out of any situation. No, but here, all right, so I here, don't know, like. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just feel like I don't know with with all this money being thrown around. Where the hell's Josh Sweat? Oh well, I'm, he's done. I forget, forget, forget him. But, <laughs> but here's the thing: like we've talked about this before, like. In order to be great at the NFL, right, you have to spend X amount of dollars on something and get X square production out of something, right? Like, and that's what and that's what you're getting out of your quarterback right now. You spend X dollars on your quarterback, you're getting X to the third production out of your quarterback, right? Based on what you're spending. Like sometimes you're going to get that exponential level of production, but sometimes you're going to get less. Sometimes you're going to spend X amount of dollars, and you're going to get X minus fifty. No, but this is real, real less. Like I don't know. Like I don't know. Like because. I'm not because maybe I see the Eagles offensive line and the resources they put in that draft picks, salary, what have you. The like that formula kind of makes sense. Like, I don't know, X equals X, X cubed. Like, I don't know, like, like, like you're getting 
like like you're getting more bang for your buck. Right. And I feel that with this, like like instead of just like I said, like it's not like you don't want to spend the money on like like you spent thirteen on on Josh Sweat, which still I, I like I don't know, like maybe I'm the only one that, that laments that, but that's crazy for, for him. You spent fourteen on 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 Vibes Fletch. You spent eleven and a half on BG. 16 and a half on Reddick. What do you instead maybe, just maybe, take the vibes money and the rent and the and the and the uh, Josh Sweat money and maybe just just there are there are guys out there. It's just I think a lot of people just get thrown off by the price tag. Like when you say like I don't know, like Brian Birds, I don't know, I'll just throw that. Like they're, they're saying he's gonna make twenty two. You're just like nah. I can't pay Brian Burns twenty two, but wouldn't you rather pay Brian Burns twenty two than Fletch and com- combine Fletch and Sweat twenty three? Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, look, I, I I I get it, but I think their hands already kind of forced at this point. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how you fix this. Like, the problem is, like, all right, what do you do next year? Like, do you? Oh no, no, like, like, do you just like because right now the Eagles have. Currently, the sixth pick and their pick, which is obviously thirty-two. Yeah, thirty-one. Like, yeah. is is it? Is is that number six pick just 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 plug in best available defensive end? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's best available defensive end. Period. I, I, I don't. Well, yeah, I can't. I don't know what else without knowing who comes out. Like, I can't. Yeah, you know, I like. I, I don't know. Like the guys they keep throwing around are. Obviously, like Will Anderson, I don't think he'll be available. But like, I don't know, like, like, and the guy and the kid Jalen Carter from Georgia, and I, I don't know if you can go wrong with defensive ends from Georgia. And I think there's a kid from um, Clemson. I'm not going to pretend. SEC guys all day, man. Oh, okay, okay. So we're just saying, yo, yo, go down the SEC pipeline. You did well with Jordan Davis. Let's bring in his bowl. And no, I know, I like, but do would you be willing to? If you had to move up two spots, I don't know. Like I don't know. Would you be willing to call to to secure the guy that you want? Say the guy, the like say how the draft board falls, and the dude that you absolutely want is at four, and you're at six. Are you trading that your first round pick to move up those two spots? Yeah, you're in a you're in a position now where you you need just to fill spots. Like you, like before, and you need impact. <laughs> you, I I don't think you need quantity anymore. You right. need quality. You yeah. need. Uh, like no, and I feel that like out of all the contenders, all of them, like I don't know, like you line them up, like and there aren't that many. You got Buffalo, you got KC, you got um, Dallas, you got uh, San Francisco. They got a dude. They got a pass rushing dude, and you don't. So you need like, and you see with Buffalo, like I don't know, they brought in Von Miller mm-hmm. to be that guy. And boy, how many times in like NFL history have has a team just said, you know what? We gotta suck it up, like 49ers did with Von Miller last year. Like yeah. you, you, it's it's next to quarterback. I'm sh- not sure. Like I don't know. You can argue whether it's like like a blindside tackle, but I feel like I don't know. Like s- second most important position in football is uh a, a an elite pass rusher, and the I think the Eagles are like I, I feel like I'm, I hope I'm wrong. But I feel in the end, that's that's what it, that's what is gonna kind of derail this team. Yeah, no, no. Look, look at who gets paid. Like, look at look at the positions in the NFL who get, that get paid. Quarterback gets paid, left tackles get get paid, and pass rushers get paid. Eagles don't have that pass rusher guy. Like, they need that guy who can, can command that double team on third down again, like Yvonne Miller, like some of those other guys that that you mentioned. So yeah, so. I trade that thirty-one pick in a second because, like you said, you don't need phys- like last year or two last couple of years. You needed physical good bodies. Yeah. <laughs> you have enough yeah. physical good bodies. Now you need really good talent. Now you need talent. And trading yeah. trade six and thirty-one to get the four—that's that's nothing to me. I got to do that in a second. And I feel mm-hmm. like with like premier pass rushers, they're so good that there's not a big learning curve. Like I don't know. Right. You, like usually, like if if rookies come in, they're kind of like I don't know, like like they're behind the eight ball trying to figure out. How many times have you just seen like a rookie pass rusher just come off like Michael Parsons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, you can. Yeah, if again, if if a guy's drafted high enough and has a pedigree or whatever, he'll be fine. Like you draft, you plug him, you play him, he'll be fine. No, the Eagles need to figure something out. But again, like I think, outside and especially, of the draft, 
I think they're kind of stuck as far as what they can do with that with that front seven. And, no, and Roy, especially like next season because you have a boatload of free agents, yeah. and and you're not going, you're probably not going to have the luxury of having this this elite secondary because uh, I I mean I think they're probably top five secondary. Like you might have Garner Johnson back. I don't know. I mean, I will to say you, Bradbury will not be back. Like, I don't know. You're not going to be – like, one, it just doesn't make any – it doesn't make math sense to devote, like, I don't know, $40 million to, like, your cornerback. So, like, I don't know. But use that money to find a pass rusher and, like, a, and maybe get a guy, not Jordan Davis, who can, like, stop a running back. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Eagles definitely have a lot of holes to fill in the offseason. But we got plenty of games, nine games as, as it sounds or as it seems at least to get to that point. But other news to talk about in the NFL – um, we do need to talk about this whole Colts situation. A very busy week for Colts owner Jim Irsay, who fires the head coach, Frank Reich, former Eagles OC, then hired Jeff Saturday, the former Colts offensive lineman, as their head coach. Jeff Saturday was serving um, as a consultant for the Colts, but Jeff Saturday has no professional coaching experience, no high school or collegiate coaching. What I'm saying, no collegiate or professional coaching experience. Only really coaching high school, but Jeff Saturday – the new head coach uh, for the Indianapolis Colts um, sent off a whole lot of, you know, a lot of uh, tweets with the eye emojis um, this past week. It was a really weird, really strange um, hire by the Colts. Um, let me just—I'll just ask you—I'll just ask you the question. When you when you heard the news that Jeff Saturday was the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, what was what was your initial reaction? I feel it was a terrible hire, but unfortunately, the person who's going to get the wrath of this shouldn't. Jeff Saturday. Like, I don't know. Like, what is Jeff Saturday supposed to do? No, not going to take the job. Like, what What person, like, one, the guy, like, you're one of the greatest offensive, like, one of the best players in Colts history. Jim Arcee comes to you. He's like, I need my dumpster fire an organization fit. What are you supposed to say? No. No. Like, I don't know. Like, and like, like I don't know from, from, from everyone who's been around Jeff Saturday, worked with him at ESPN, like, I don't know, great football mind. Like, and like, I don't know, like, I think, I think the, the problem with this and like, I don't know, this is a, like, this is like not even a Jeff, Jeff Saturday problem. I think this is a, a pipeline problem where like, I don't know, it's rare that you see a black player get this tight with the owner. Cause really that's the, like, that's what it is. Like, I don't know, yeah. Jim Mercy's buddy with, buddy with Jeff Saturday. And he's like, yo, like, I don't like, I need like, and I, it, it's pretty apparent that, like, I don't know, he's just there to kind of, like, you know, stop the bleeding, like, like, stop as much water from coming in as humanly possible. And he's like, I don't know, like, I don't think Jeff Saturday is going to be the coach next year. Uh, and, like, but I think there's definitely something to be said about, like, I don't know, how does Jeff Saturday, how is Jeff Saturday kind of received in that locker room when he's not there? He, like, he's kind of like, he's kind of like, I don't know, that, like, that, that guy from office space who's like, like, I don't know, trying to assess the situation is like, say, trying to fix the problems, even though, like, bro, you ain't been here. Like, I don't know, what the hell do you know? And, like, and I don't know how the coaches feel because, like, I don't know, like, you didn't, but I, I but I, on, on the other side is you guys have been terrible. Like, what guy has, what, what coach has earned the right to be an interim coach on, on that team? These, like, they're the most underwhelming, they're the most disappointed team in the NFL. So, yeah. I, I mean, like, but, I think the moral of the story is it's a bad look when, like, I don't know, a white player is, like, I don't know, that, like, and it's not saying that, like, I don't know, you should be buddy with the owner. It's just, it, it, it just gives off that vibe where, like, I don't know, like, I I honestly wonder that if it, if it was a black dude who was buddy-buddy with the owner and got this, would it be as bad? And I don't, like, because I feel like that's where I feel like the disconnect with coaching it everywhere is like these there's not you there aren't enough black coaches that are building rapports with the decision makers in these organizations to say yo you know what let's call up uh shoot let's call up Heinz Ward or let's call up Ryan Clark they're like I don't know and that's where like and that's where no rule is gonna fix anything you need like I don't know these decision makers to be comfortable enough with, like, I don't know, minority players to say, yo, come and take a look. And, like, I don't know, like, and, and that's where, it was, like, like you need these guys, like, like, just have these dudes in as consultants. But 
but I don't know. I don't think that will do it either. Like, th- this needs to be an organic fix. And until, like, I don't know, like, you see these owners opening themselves up to, like, minority players, it's never going to change. Sorry yeah, for that rant. Like, you'll never see, like, you will never see, oh, I've seen it. I don't think you'll see in our lifetimes, you'll see, again, like, the, the, the black player getting the Jeff Saturday treatment in this year. Like, Jeffrey Laurie would not pick up the phone and call Brian Dawkins and ask me to coach tomorrow. Like, it will ne- that will never happen. No. That's just not, just, that's not the way it is. Like, it just doesn't work like that. So, Jeff Saturday just jumped the line over everybody. So, white coaches and black coaches should be upset at this because this, yeah. this is a little weird. Like, this little, like, this is kind of like, this ain't the way it really, really supposed no, to go. No, like, but, I don't know. For a guy like Gus Bradley, who's been, like, I don't know, like, Who's coached a pretty decent unit? Like I don't know, and coach. like I don't know, he's been a head coach. Like I don't know, been in DC. Like Jeff Saturday hasn't done anything, and like, but of course, like I don't know, like I'm not trying to defend Jeff Saturday, but like this dude is getting blasted for no apparent reason. It's like, what do you expect the dude to do? I mean, like th- that's the thing. Like when you're that close with the owner, you would feel like you would do anything for that owner. Be like, sure, Mister say, Like I don't know, like. I mean, dude, you paid me $60 million of my career. Sure, I'll, like, try to figure this terrible offensive line out. Like, I don't know. It, th- this is more of an indictment of Jim, Jim Arce no. and the institution. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't want to come off as, a, as just kind of ripping Jeff Saturday because it's not his fault. Because, again, like, he, no. he was called to do a job, and he's good. Like, again, if Mike Levin called me and said, hey, man, we need you to be a, a writer on Young Rock, I'd be like, all right, bet. Like, what's up? Like, yeah. Like, I'd. I, you know, would be jumping the line over way more qualified people. Yeah, no, but, but like, and, asked me to do that, then I'm like, all right, well, okay. Yeah, no, and, and one, I guarantee you, like, if you had a come to heart moment, you wouldn't feel that bad either. Right. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and, 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 and no, and, and Jeff Saturday should not feel bad at, at, at all for, for hiring this, and he shouldn't feel any sort, any sort of way, but you do raise a couple of good points because, again, how does this get accepted in the locker room? How does, how does this get accepted on the on the coaching staff? Because again, those Gus Bradleys and the guy, Reggie Wayne. Again, he's been on the coaching staff for a minute. He's a coach legend. He's got experience with those guys in the locker room. He's, I, I think we can say he's more qualified. He has the more, better resume to be yeah. a coach today well, than Jeff. Saturday. You mean he's because he's been a coach? Because he's been a coach. I mean, I think that's no, fair I to feel say. like like if, if Jeff Saturday has was in a college coach, like I don't know, just. Of yeah. Abilene Christian, Doesn't would matter. this be that big? Of, would it be that big of an issue? It would barely, it would barely register, barely register. Okay, so the fact he only had a three and seven record at Podunk Catholic, Catholic, that's what's like kind of throw, like throwing everybody off. Okay, no, because I always need to need to rationalize like the mobs mentality. Like I don't know, like what is the trigger in this? Like is it the no experience other than high school? Because like I don't like. Would people still be up in arms if he, like, I don't know, was a, like was even a college defensive coordinator? I, I think I feel like it's it's that that le- that novice that level of like inexperience that's kind of like eye opening. And I agree, like I don't know, but let's focus on the institution. And I don't know, throw some shit at Jim Irsay. Well, one, like I don't know, this franchise is kind of a disaster. So like I don't know this, like this is kind of par for the course. I, I mean, like Dave, like. I mean, ever since Andrew Luck left, that franchise has been a mess. Yeah, and and he kind of threw a shot at Andrew Luck, you know, during during the whole Jeff Saturday um, process um, or hiring process. Um, I had a point. I forgot. Oh, I will say the Rooney Rule not enforced during the season. So, so that was the reason why. And I, yeah, and I I, I don't think it's for inter- yeah I don't think it's for interim coaches. And like I don't think Jeff Saturday is long for like I don't know this job or frankly any job. I think he's I think he's gonna go back to like I don't know doing ESPN. Like and and like that matchup show. Like I don't like. No, I, I feel like I just don't know what what you would expect Jeff Saturday to do. Like I don't know. You're gonna say I'll tell him no. You're gonna say no, Jim. Not gonna do it. Tell some. Tell call up Peyton. <laughs> yeah. No. If if Jeff Saturday had and clearly he has an itch on some level to coach in the NFL. Yeah. Or, or coach at some higher level. So if Jeff Saturday had any inclination to do that, this is uh, clearly his best chance to do it because he got a job. Like clearly he's going to take the job. Um, I just brought up the Rooney Rule point because of the fact that, again, people, again, we thought that maybe it should have gone through the regular quote-unquote iron process. doesn't count for interim coaches. And, quite frankly, I don't know if I just – I want yeah. Wayne or any black coach to take this job right now. Yeah, There's you want Reggie Wayne – like, you, I, do you think Reggie Wayne wants that on his resume? A team that's starting Sam Ellinger. And, like, I don't know, with a 
terrible offensive line, a banged up Jonathan Taylor. You want that on your resume? You want that on your Wikipedia page saying, yeah, I coached for eight games and I lost all eight. Now, now, now would, would Reggie Wayne take the job? Probably. But again, yeah, does no, but like, I don't know. But like, I feel, but this is, but I feel that's the double edged sword with, exactly. with these black coaches is like, they almost feel forced to take these terrible jobs. And you know what? Kudos Jeff Saturday for falling on the sword. He doesn't like he now some like, I don't know, like some black coach that's just like, just trying to have that on his resume. Doesn't feel obligated to take it. Like literally this is a dead man walking job. It is. No, like I, I we said on the show, like, Give the black coaches the, the, the job that the white coaches want. That's all I'm asking. It's like, what the, yeah. Then we can get then we can get true parity. Don't give me the coaches. Don't give me the jobs, the trash jobs, like the Colts job or the Texas job. Okay, we know why Lovey Smith's in Houston. We understand that team's a dumpster fire. That's why Lovey Smith's there. Give the black coaches the jobs that the white coaches want, and then we can have true parity. That's all I'm saying. All right, we gotta talk some basketball. Sixers. Sands James Harden for the next week or next month, excuse me. But Joel Embiid is back. Sixers one and zero according to Joel Embiid. He said this game, the season started this past week with their 188 victory over the Phoenix Suns. Um, that was after they blew a late lead against the Knicks the other night. Uh, but Joel Embiid said he was paying attention to, this, to the Phillies. Now that's over. Sixers season starts this week. Um, I still don't know what to make of the Sixers, but I think we'll find out this week because they have back-to-backs against the Hawks and they have the Jazz and the Bucks over the next week. The Jazz and the Bucks are the two best teams in the NBA, which sounds weird to say on one level because the Bucks are good. They're ten and one. They're a really good team. The Jazz are fantastic. Like I don't, I don't get it. They're a really good basketball team, and they got rid of arguably their two best players in Bill Bear and, and and Donovan Mitchell, but the other pieces left in Utah, they play pretty well. So I think we'll, we'll get a good sense of how good the Sixers team is without James Harden this week. But will you really know this team until Harden gets back? Because no, not really, but... But I feel that, like, I don't know, like, the ultimate test is still, how does this team look full full roster? Because there's, a, there's enough evidence, Roy, that says that I'm not sure that Joel Embiid and James Harden are the greatest fit. And I feel like, I don't know, this is like Mad Libs. Where you just say Joel Embiid and just throw anyone in there, Ben Simmons, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't, like, and I think this goes back to what do you expect from James Harden? I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I feel that, like, no, I feel that Sixers fans had their fingers crossed, had everything crossed, had their rosaries out to say, yo, this is it. Like, this is the best chance because I feel that, like, if this experiment doesn't go well, it's going to get blown up. Like, whether Harden's gone or, dare I say, and Joel's gone. Like, I don't know. Like, this, this is the last chance. And just – and I just don't know, like, with the consistent, like, I don't know, ball pounding that James Harden's – like, I don't know. Like, people are saying, oh, like, I don't know. Like, can James Harden, like, change his game? People were saying, always oh, create a mid-range mid game. It's like, dude, you just can't play – one way for like the same way for 10 years and say, yeah, in an off season. Yeah. We're going to, um, cause I mean, he, his intentions could be great, but he's just going to revert back to his old self. No, but see a lot. See the thing with James Harden, I mean, I'm not really overly concerned about James. Well, I not overly, but I'm, I'm mildly concerned about James Harden. I think really the, the biggest problem, and I've said this to you for weeks and months and years, the problem with this team really is defense. I mean, this team is going to figure out how to score points, whether they come from hard. Are they? Or, or, or Max? No, I mean they have. Like they've scored points. I mean they. they no, they... but I, I guess like when it counts. Like I don't know. Like it, it, for me, like I, I feel that like I don't know. This is an offense. Like when their offense is struggling or when they can't get consistent shot creation, that's when their defense slips. Because like I don't know. Like people are just okay. like po'd and like I don't know. Because I just don't know who consistently creates shots on this team. Max, other than Tyrus Maxey. Yeah, Tyrus Maxey. I mean, that's really it. All right, so you're so you're saying because they have trouble – because at times they have trouble in the half – well, all the time. They have trouble in the half court scoring back. They do. That at, the, at, the end, the, at the end of games, it hurts their defense. What I'm saying is yes. at the end of the game, again, you got to you gotta check Jason Tatum. You got to check Jalen Brown. You got to check Devin Booker. And, and ain't nobody do the, do the checking. I'm just I, I'm just leave, leaving it on one end of the court. But I see what you're saying. I, I, I understand what you're saying. But – I really think it's like 
between Maxi and, and James Harden and Joel Embiid, again, I think they'll figure out a way between the three of them to score enough points. The bench is a whole different situation, which we'll talk about at maybe another time. But I just, again, I got, my concern is just at the end of the game, who's who's guarding the other guy on the on the who's guarding the guy on the other team who is going to get a bucket? Who everybody knows. But who's going? No, but my but my retort is who's getting the bucket for the Sixers? Right, no, I, I hear you. I hear, I, yeah, we're arguing the two sides of the same coin. Like I, I, yep. I, I don't have an answer for either one of either either question. No, like I I mean like I feel like I don't know like they like and I I think in their. It, with with Daryl Morey, they they probed and prayed that Harden was going to be that guy. Unfortunately, he's not that guy. Like I, I don't know. Like I think everyone thought that. Like I don't know. Prayed that like he would turn back the clock. There's no there's no clock turning anymore. Like I don't know. He is who he is. Right. He's I don't know. Like he'll have bouts of like like of of some bursts, but he's just not not explosive anymore. He's not. So all right. So so maybe maybe. Again, you run your offense primarily through Embiid and Maxi in the first few quarters, and then maybe that gives Harden enough gas in the fourth quarter to kind of do James Harden thing. No, I, I really think that like if they want to like fully like you need, frankly, to run the entire team through Tyrese Maxi. You do. I don't know, like, and I, I don't know if that's wise, but he's the only one who I feel that like puts fear in opponents' perimeter defense. James Harden does nothing anymore. He doesn't like. I don't know. Like they don't. I, he's not shooting the three well enough to like. I don't know scare anyone, and he sure isn't blown by anyone to scare anyone. Like I don't know. Like <clears throat> if he was still like hitting threes at like almost forty percent, he's not. <laughs> he, he's not yeah. even close. He's like mid thirties, and I, I just don't see like I don't like. I see it in practice, and he's hitting, but like it once again, it's not translating to the game, and. They just don't have enough dudes who just get hot. Yeah, no, no, that that's the issue. It's like, you know, Joel, Joel and Tyrese are Joel and Tyrese, and that's fine. And then you're going to get the, you know, you know, Tobias is going to be relatively consistent. But, I mean, you don't have the guys. I mean, God bless George Niang, but, I mean, like, that's seven three-point performance. I'm sick of seeing night. this guy. I'm sick that's of, like, cute. I don't know, seeing Niang. But, like, you can't rely yeah. on that. I mean, like. No. You know, and Mr. Mr. Do Anything, D'Anthony Melton, again, he's a nice old player, but, I mean, like, he is who he is. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really weird mix. No, of I feel now. that, like, no, Roy, I feel that, like, I don't know, they built this team, right or wrong, under the impression that James Harden was going to be that guy. And right. I was, I think, like, <clears throat> I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this a few weeks into the season because he's already hurt. Was that, I'm, I'm guessing that was a bad idea. Yeah, but I mean, again, like they were kind of pigeonholed. Like that's yeah. Once you make the trade, once you made the trade, it's like all right, now you have to put all your chips on the table and then gamble that James Harden is going to be that guy who's going to recapture, you know, the early Brooklyn James Harden. You know, whether it was last year, whether it was his hamstring or his knee or whatever, was going. This offseason was going to heal him up, and he was going to be that guy that you thought he, you know, that he was two years ago for your team this year, and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. (laughs) Um, But again, it is what it is. Um, the Sixers City Edition uniforms came out this this week. Are you a fan? Are you not a fan? Mid. Yeah. MJF voice. I, yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't like, no. I, I feel like, like, usually, like, I haven't felt like this about the Sixers in a long time. I'd say, like, five, six years. Like, I'm generally excited about the Sixers. I'm not excited about the Sixers. There's that, like, like, and maybe it's just me. I feel like there's this feeling of plateau. They maxed out. Like, I don't know. They've maxed out this Embiid era. Like I don't know, like uh, b- barring, like I don't know, like lightning get like lightning in a bottle. This is the best you're gonna get, and that's kind of triggering my my consumption. I don't feel the need to like buy City of this sort or a hoodie or or stalking the Nike app for the new Sixers stuff. I don't anymore. Like no, this. I mean, like we said with the Phillies. Like I don't know, being good, kind of like I don't know, gives you an extra oomph to follow the team. Is that, I guess, is that front-running? I don't know if it's front-running, but, again, you have a little bit more juice when, again, a team is, gives you more of a reason to pay attention to them. I don't know if that's front-running um, necessarily. But, again, you're a Sixers fan. You follow the team, you know, whatever, whatever. But it's a little bit different, you know, when, when things are going right. It's just, just it's a little, I don't know. I can't explain it. But I don't, or, or I, no, I it's not it. even right. I feel, like, upward. Like, I don't know. Like, we, I watched every damn game when, like, I don't know, like, when they went 30 and 52. Like, I don't know, with the first MB season, because I felt like 
there was a possibility of something good. I right. feel like right. I, I feel like I don't know. Like you're really a start. You're, you're starting to hit your head on the ceiling. Yeah, no, that's a that, that's a that's a good analogy. Um, in this era of bipartisanship, we do want to make sure that we tell both sides of the story when there are two sides to be told, and we do want to mention that a man the other night came off the bench, played 24 minutes, had six points, nine rebounds, four assists, and was a plus 18 in his oh, off the bench. So give kudos to Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons had an elite pregame fit. By the way, there is no there is there is no correlation to after that started started post started posting pictures of his bottle fits in his IG stories. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> so if we're going to tell the story one way, we're going to tell the story the other way. So kudos to Ben Simmons for starting to get back on track um, in his role off the bench for the Nets. Um, while, while Six man of the year, baby. Six, Six man, man of, the of the year. Six man of the year. All right, we have like four minutes left or so. Um, do you want to touch on one thing? I do want to touch on Crown Jewel, but before we get to that, huge, huge WWE Raw show coming to Philadelphia. Raw is triple X. Oh, I, oh, I mean Raw's 30. Yes, Raw 30th anniversary show. An absolutely massive show. Coming to the Wells Fargo Center January 23rd. Tickets go on sale November 18th. So for those of you who are wrestling fans, and we know we have some who do listen to our program, be sure to be in front of your computers or your phones or your tablets or whatever on the morning of November 18th to get your tickets for that show. I normally do not advocate going to Rawls because they last for like 7,000 hours, but it's the 30th anniversary. So this one's yeah, no. bound to be special. I think we might need to have a conversation offline because this yeah. might be one where, because all I know is it's going to be 2023. And then that, I, I, I don't know. The, the, those people with the signs are coming up. They're saying I road under construction. Yeah. And I don't know. They're starting to build that road. And I mean, for every, uh, and I think is that, is that the raw after, Royal Rumble, or is that the Royal Rumble? I'm going to check right now. It's no, it's the Go Home. That's the Go Home show. Oh man, oh man! Like I don't know. You got you got massive possibilities, and you never know who's got. Like I I mean, just just let your mind wander to see who would pop up at a Raw, a thirty, a Raw thirty, not Vince McMahon, and 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 his died hair. I I mean, you could get the glass shattering. Yep. You could get, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, another DX. Yep. You might get, like, I don't know, like, not NWO and Hogan, because he'll get his ass booed out of thing. Yeah. But you could get maybe a pre, maybe, a, a, you know what The Rock is, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? I thought you were going to say, like, Brother Love. Or, or like that. <laughs> or Man, maybe. Man, that is, no, I, I, I mean, like, like I think the timing couldn't be any better because I feel like in the in the last month they've had to do a lot of crown jewel storyline stuff and it's been rather boring. But like I don't know, it's, it, it, it's a business decision they had to do. It's fine. They're in Royal Rumble, but that is kind of in line with the storyline of Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Like I don't know, like it could be massive and it could be the last time a lot of us could see some of these dudes in person. Yeah, no, no, no. It has a potential, and we'll probably. The WWE doesn't really like kind of kind of go go weak on this, so it has the potential to be a really really good show um, for the Raw 30th anniversary again, January 23rd. Um, again, we got like 90 seconds left. I do want to mention Logan Paul, Roman Reigns turning a banger at Crown Jewel once again. Uh, Logan Paul just again third match. He's just been all over the map. His, the clip of him jumping on the Roman Reigns in the announce table did 40 million plus views as of Monday on social media. However. He, he, tore his, he tore his MCL. <laughs> tore his MCL, possibly ACL. Might be out of action for a while. Um, you got like 30 seconds. Just just kind of go off and let the people know. Just talk about how great Logan Paul is. Just go ahead. No, no. I, I feel like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel this injury only builds the, builds the aura of Logan Paul. Like, when this guy comes back, he's going to get a massive reaction. And, I, and with the wrestling crowds, he hasn't been. So, I, I don't know. Like, Hate to say that injury like is is a blessing in disguise, but it might be for for Logan Paul's wrestling career. No, it's a huge again. Prayers up to Logan Paul. Hopefully he gets healthy soon. Hopefully it's not a nine month injury as people are, are fearing it is. Hopefully 
he's back doing whatever it is that he wants to do um whether it's you know his podcast and whatever else he does outside of outside of the wwe ring but kudos to logan paul hopefully he's great it's a win-win it's a win well the whole you know partnership is a win for him it's a win for wwe it's a win for everybody all involved and uh, we are very excited to see where logan paul uh when he comes back and where he takes wrestling over the next you know few years because again this man is an absolute star you can be part of a plenty of big events coming down the pike but that is it for us this week here on the broad street line 106.5 fm wppm lp philadelphia until next week we are out of here mr domingo take us out please have a great weekend everyone see you guys Get your furnace checked and cleaned before a deep freeze. Fix It 24-7 has a great deal for new customers. They'll thoroughly clean, check, adjust, and refurbish your furnace for just 39 bucks. It makes sense, and you won't find a better price for the extensive work and deep cleaning anywhere. 720-526-3939. That's 720-526-3939. When your house is in trouble, fix it 24-7.